All right, guys, we have a very special announcement. It's official. The Bases Loaded Pod is joining the Roto Baller Radio Podcast Network. A little bit about Roto Baller. Since 2013, Roto Baller has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy addicts their fix of player news and cutting edge fantasy analysis. If you didn't know, Roto Baller's 2020 MLB draft kit is already live. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools, including printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points, head-to-head, dynasty, roto, AL only, NL only, you name it, they've got it. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools. These draft tools include printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points leagues, head-to-head, roto, dynasty, AL or NL only, you name it, they've got it. They also offer rankings and projections from the number one most accurate industry expert, Nick Mariano. Not to mention access to their exclusive rankings wizard. Like I said, there's 15. Those are just three. So there's so much more to check out. For a limited time, get your MLB premium pass for 50% off. But wait, it does actually get better. Right now, you can get an additional 10% off if you use promo code BASESLOADED. Just visit rotoballer.com slash BASESLOADED to sign up for your premium pass today so you can dominate your leagues tomorrow. Is loaded and one out. Oh Our my god, deep to right field, way up there, and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slam. Hello, and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And today, I am talking all things fantasy baseball with Bobby Sylvester of Fantasy Pros. Bobby, thank you for joining me, man. Tell these fine folks where they can find you on Twitter if they don't already follow you. Sure, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I'm at Bobby Fantasy Pro on Twitter. All my articles are at fantasypros.com. And again, Bobby, thank you for joining me. Now, first thing I've got to ask, because first off, these podcasts are known to be more of like an interview, and obviously you've seen the outline, you know what's going to be talked about. But yeah, how is it to how does it feel to not be the host right now? Uh, you know what? I feel like I have more opportunity to entertain people, which is really my calling card. So I'm all about it. I might go a little bit crazy here today. So sorry about that. Don't be. Um, anybody who listens to this podcast, like yesterday I got tagged. Uh, somebody posted something about speed, you know, listening to podcasts at various speeds. And I kept getting tagged by how fast I talk and all that. And I'm like, you know what? Perfect. I'm high energy. You're high energy. This is going to be just a high energy, at the same time, laid back podcast, hopefully. It's going to be great. Now, the good thing is we're recording in the morning. Yes. And in the morning, I'm not as wild as I am in the afternoons. So uh-huh. I, I don't know. It might be kind of chill. We'll see. I'm usually, this is when I'm all jacked up on caffeine. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and don't get me wrong, I'm still jacked up in the afternoon. But it's usually a lot less because at this point, at that point, I'm burnt out. But anyway. Sure. We'll get right into it now. I, again, I, I've been a longtime listener of yours as far as like football. Con- I need to do football content well, thanks. baseball. I, I know. Oh, no problem. And I know, again, this is a baseball podcast, but you do do football. And first off, I always say this, kudos to people who do two sports and do them well. You guys are fantasy pros. You in particular, stay busy, stay up to date, and kudos to you, man. But at the end of the day, how did all this even happen? How did you become almost like Mr. Fantasy Pro? Like, this is who you are now. I am the luckiest person in the industry, right? Because (laughs) you talk to anybody in the industry and their story is exactly the same. I started working for free for like three years. And then finally somebody noticed me and I got a full-time job. You know my story? Here's my story. I was working in IT. I had about five hours of work to do per week. And so I volunteered with a a startup app, like helping design the algorithms to power the tools. And I applied to Fantasy Pros. I'd been doing that for, I don't know, six months. I was helping, helping build an app because I had extra time at my really boring job. And when I applied, they were like, oh, you know what, Um, we're actually going to hire you for a different position because we've been thinking about starting a podcast for a few years and uh, we've never really met anyone that we thought would do well with it. So we're going to give you this job. Here you go. Have at it. And I had never had any experience with the podcast. They were interviewing me for a data scientist job, which I still did some data scientist work for the first two years in my job. Um, But they just liked me. They liked the idea of 
having me on a podcast and they threw me into it and I just got so lucky. And not, not only did I get so lucky to land in my dream job, but with my dream company too. Like how in the world does someone like me with no experience get in with fantasy pros, the biggest like fantasy only site on the internet? Yeah, it's a one of those right place, right times, it sounds like. And that's awesome and good for you. And that's Thank one you. Th- that's one thing about ba- fantasy baseball side of things, because we all know the trolls really live in the football side of things. Like let's sure. be honest. They live on all sides, but the baseball community seems to be pretty accepting of each other. I've been um I've been very fortunate to meet a lot of great people and everyone's just so eager to help each other out on this side of things. And football obviously to a point as well as part as among the analysts, but just a different fan base, man. You get like, I, I don't know. I feel like it's such a welcoming side of things. So honestly, I'm really glad to hear how it's worked out for you, but you Thank mentioned, you. Oh, my pleasure. And I'm, I'm full of compliments. It's, that's just, <laughs> it's, it's who I am. I'm, I naturally just want everybody. To I will succeed. take them all. Oh, that's awesome. You're not, <laughs> I see. I'm the opposite. I have a hard time accepting compliments because I am, I've been doing this for a year now and people, you know, I've had great things said about me, but it's like, Oh, well, I still have a lot to go. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure it's right. always the mindset. You always feel like you could be better. I feel the same way too, man. Like I'm looking around at other people in the industry. I'm like, dude, how do I get there? You yeah. know what I mean? Not in terms of like followers, just in terms of being funnier. You know, like Jason Moore's the funniest person on the planet. I'm never going to be as funny as Jason Moore, right? Um, you know, Mike Taglier, my, my co-host, he's the best dang analyst I've ever talked to. He's how awesome. am I going to know football as well as him? You know, there's just all these guys who have yeah. such a presence and uh, we all always want to get better. Absolutely. And- and that kind of plays into like how like I even kind of I went from just making this was just a podcast a year ago. Now I turned it into full on bases loaded network. It's a set website. I, I pay a few writers and that was all that's a big awesome. Like, it was awesome. And the reason the big, big reason behind it was just getting to meet Justin Mason, talking to him, talking to Nick Pollock and just how they went about things. And those were my you just got to go for it. Those were exactly those were my two big inspirations about just their energy, their vibe, their the way they went, went into this industry, wanted to give back to it in a sense. And I'm like, you know what? It's a great idea. How else to better myself than by bettering others as well in the process? So sure, it's kind of, and again, this goes back to you joining me and I appreciate it because this type of stuff is, this is how it's kind of progressed along. It's just the meeting new people like you and kind of getting, okay, people don't care about me going on with this. Let's get back to this. Now you mentioned uh, building the tools, like, like, or building tools for the site initially. Did you come up with the draft tool like that you, that you utilize heavily or did you help? process that or oh with fantasy pros yeah no I, I didn't come up with any of the tools that we use really um okay. what i did is i i built the algorithms behind some of them as part of a team so none okay. of it's an individual ec- uh, uh effort a, a lot of it is you know like if, if you see the nba daily projections a lot of that's my baby same with the mlb daily projections things along those lines are the okay. data scientist type of work i did Gotcha, gotcha. I wasn't sure about it. But if you want to plug that real quick, because I know you are a huge proponent of it, you actually utilize it from my understanding and you love your mock drafts. I sure do. In fact, this is what brought me to Fantasy Pros originally is our draft simulation software, otherwise known as the Draft Wizard at fantasypros.com slash draft wizard. First of all, I'm not trying to sell anything. It's free. Okay, you guys can go <laughs> check it out. Fantasypros.com slash draft wizard. And you know, with fantasy sports, there's no way to get practice. Like, how are we going to get better besides just playing? But with the mock draft, there is practice. Now, you can do a mock draft on Yahoo or ESPN. That's great. There's, there's a place for those. It takes a really long time because you're drafting against 11 others, right? And every once in a while, there's some trolls in there. There's people annoying on the message board. Or you can just go to Fantasy Pros Draft Wizard, and you can draft in six minutes. I'm not exaggerating. You can complete a draft in six minutes. You can do four of them over your lunch break from all kinds of different spots. You can plug in different uh, league settings, and it's going to grade you at the end based on those league settings. You're going to draft against expert rankings, ADP. You're going to draft against preset ESPN and Yahoo rankings. Whatever you want to select, you can customize your draft. It gives you a different feel every single time uh, and all kinds of tools to help you while you're doing the draft as well. Um, it, it's, it's a great tool. Again, that's fantasypros.com slash draft wizard. Awesome. And yeah, because again, that's something that you promote all the time because I just know you are a mock fiend. I just want to help people win their leagues, and this is how you do it, baby. <laughs> yeah, practice, 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 man. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally with you. So, going, getting into the next uh, subject as far as player evaluations, like how do you go about kind of creating your own rankings, and what things do you look for when you're evaluating a player? I love to talk about that stuff. So you can talk about hitters, pitchers, whichever ones you want. You can talk about both. I'll leave it up to you. So here's what I do: is uh, over on Fantasy Pros, we've got 
ECR. That's the expert consensus rankings. So we've got an accuracy contest between all the experts in the industry Mm -hmm. every year, 50 plus guys submit their rankings. We mash them together for ECR. Um, So what we do with that um, is we can grade who's the most accurate. And what I like to do is I like to go back and see who's in the top 10 every single year. And I'll put all four or five of those guys all together and make my own ECR, my, my elite experts ECR. And I will import that as my rankings to start. And then I will, as I'm going through the player notes, because I wrote 400 player notes this year, (laughs) I'll just slowly adjust, you know, where I want guys based on that. I want that to be my starting place, my base, because I know those guys are the most accurate. Right. Um, And so I'm looking through and I avoid injury risk. Like it is the plague, not injury risk in terms of this guy has been injured in the past, but in terms of this guy already has a pre-existing injury or a chronic injury that keeps reappearing, like Aaron Judge, for instance. Before Aaron Judge's injury, his ADP was in the top 20. I had him outside my top 45. I would have rather drafted Giancarlo Stanton. But yeah, he had an injury last year, but it wasn't a chronic injury. Um, now he is injured again, but he's going to be back in April. I don't know if Aaron Judge is going to play this season, right? I mean, this is what we were thinking last year was, okay, Aaron Judge is probably going to be back soon. When's Aaron Judge going to be back? Is Aaron Judge coming back? And that's the, the process of the way that things work. And so I want to avoid those chronic injuries. Players like James Paxton, who year in and year out, 120 innings. That's, that's like his max, right? Um, so I avoid injuries first and foremost. Now, on, I, I accept risk. A lot of these people are like, okay, well, you can take like one or two risks, but you can't take more than that. I'll take 15 risks in a draft. You know why? Because if seven of those guys work out, then I, I hit home runs on seven. And guess what? I can pick up seven other guys. It doesn't freaking matter. I hit a home run with Cody Bellinger last year because I took a risk on him in the fourth round. I got him in every single league. And a lot of players like that. Chris Paddock, it was a little bit of a risk, right? Is he actually going to make the opening day rotation? Got him in every freaking league. And I'm not saying that it was all hits, right? I had a lot of guys that I missed on. Um, but when you take risks, it tends to work out more often than not because other people are afraid to take those risks and it drops their ADP below what they're actually worth. If you simulate a thousand seasons, uh, what is their average? I think that their ADP, the risky players is lower than their average production. I got you. So where do you like to essentially start take, do you take risk right off like the rip, like, like first couple rounds or you wait until like you mentioned the fourth round for Bellinger last year and a couple of guys you mentioned sure. are in those middle rounds. So I was just kind of curious where you essentially start taking your risks. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, I draft very near ADP because I'm not going to draft a guy. Um, like, uh, okay, I've got a, a, a low uh, – I'm sorry. I, I've got a high second-round grade on Jordan Alvarez. I'm not going to take him in the second round. Probably yeah. not going to take him in the third round. I can get him in the fourth round. So I draft close to ADP. And there's not really much in the way of risk in the first or second round. I think Judge was the bad kind of risk. I think Jose Ramirez is a little bit of a risk. I, I would take him, but I prefer Rafael Devers if I'm picking a third baseman in the second. My first real risk pick would be uh, Mondesi. He's going in the fourth round. I'd take him in the late third if George Springer is gone, if Jordan Alvarez is gone. Um, but I'm getting him in the fourth round in a lot of cases. Tyler Glass now, I think a lot of people would consider a risk pick. I'd take him in the sixth round. Chris Paddock, same kind of thing. Um, there's really not a ton of risks until you get to Luis Robert, who I'm taking in the seventh eighth round pretty much every single time i think he's going to be a league winner this year i really do believe that i am so scared of robert i have zero shares and i'm like it's one of those like I'm what, gonna... do you, what do you think might happen like what, what what are you scared of exactly like what could his stat line be that would be, look bad to you it's the batting average bottoming out i just don't okay. know i don't know how like I think he could hit 250. I think he could hit 270, but I also think he could hit 230. I think literally there is such a wide range of potential production. And the, league, the leagues I'm drafting in lately, it's been like TGFBI and stuff like that. So you're seeing him yeah. taken a lot earlier than, you know, maybe his ADP goes, but I don't, I just can't. I just, um, I've, you know, I've talked, I've had a chance to talk to like Chris Blessing and a couple other, you know, guys that are into the scouting scene. And they mentioned how there's, there's pros and cons with him. He has trouble with, um, I guess uh, seeing spin on balls, so he struggles with breaking pitches, which makes sense. Yeah. But but his hand-eye coordination apparently makes up for it in a sense. So there's a lot of there's a lot of boomer bust in this pick. I feel like when you're taking him, you're almost. I know there's still potential for return on investment, but it's it's still. I feel like there's a. I feel like there's a lesser chance in your typical risk you're taking for return on 
return. So, so let's say he bats 230, okay? Mm-hmm. Does he lose his job or what's his floor from the Homer speed department? You got to think like 20-ish home runs, 15 to 20 steals. And I understand that's very valuable. But and at the same time, it's like I'm trying to think of a name. that. Can, yeah, that's Andrew like, Benintendi minus 50 batting average points, which, which isn't great. Right, um, and, th- that's and also his floor. Tommy though. Fan, you also get Tommy Pham in that same area, roughly like seventy fifth ish pick, I believe, in some yeah. of these drafts. And it's there. It's literally there's your floor and there's your ceiling. You know what I mean? And I'm always oh, you think Pham Tommy Pham's his ceiling? No, I think Tommy Pham's the floor. Like the oh, okay. You, you know you're gonna get twenty twenty from Pham. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. But Robert offers that flashier upside. But Robert's also pegged to start at the bottom in the bottom half of the lineup as well this year so that's why it's another concern it's another red flag in a sense because that also further limits his potential so here's my thing with the batting average and i'm sorry i don't want to hype on no uh, harp on lewis robert but i think it's a, a very useful exercise are you concerned about fernando tatis's batting average to a point i think the hit tool's a little better and i think he has a better eye for the ball so i'm not as concerned but i think there is sure. legitimate concern though so yes i mean that's kind of tiptoeing around your question yeah i mean <laughs> but... i'm not bringing this up by the way to pick on you whatsoever no, no, because this no. is tatis is going in the second round like you're this... not alone in thinking he has less batting average risk i mean the dude batted 300 last year right because well XBA, he batted like 317 the bad was really high everyone expects it to drop but everyone thinks tatis has a better hit tool than than luis robert Tatis batted 280 in the minor leagues with like a 28% strikeout percentage. Luis Robert has strikeout percentage, uh, strikeout concerns nowhere near as much. And he batted 312 over 200 minor league games. I was talking about Tatis over, uh, over his entire minor league career, 276 games. So Robert's batting average 35 points higher, his strikeout concerns less, and nobody's really all that worried about Tatis's batting average. Robert has more power too. I think he's a better version. Fernando Tatis, who's going in the second round. Now, I don't think Tatis belongs in the second round because I think he's going to bat 240. Um, but I think Robert is an absolute steal and league winner. So much so that I'm willing to reach two, three rounds in ADP just to make sure nobody else gets the same idea and beats me to it. Trust me, it's either I, I've noticed, first off, I'm going to just make a point that I know we've never had a chance to really speak, but you will not offend me if you don't agree. I'll tell you that right now. This yeah, is perfect. Same, this, same. This, this dialogue is exactly what I look for because this is it you're either in or you're out on Robert. And this is a perfect example as to why you are way more optimistic. I'm way more pessimistic and that's okay. The idea is I look, I respect your opinion. I just don't agree. It's, it's yeah. I want to, I want to understand <laughs> the extent of your process. And that's why yes. I'm picking your brain as much as I can, because there have been so many times this season where people have come on my podcast and they've changed my mind about players, right? I'm moving yeah. my rankings as we're doing the podcast. <laughs> and that's why we have these conversations so that we can all come together and get the best advice we possibly can to help people win their leagues. And and that's and that's the idea and honestly people are gonna listen to this and be like well bobby's right no mike is right and that is perfectly fine exactly guess guess what there's a chance that we are both wrong like there's a chance he literally falls in the middle of expectations i'm too low on him and you're too high on there's a perfectly good chance of that happening sure there's more it's more likely one of us will be right and honestly if i'm wrong i'm okay with that i was wrong i told people don't draft juan soto last year at the end of the second round that was too that was too pricey me too (laughs) (laughs) i was eating crow by the end of the season you know like the ground ball rate. There's a whole bunch of like red flags, and but you know it's hard to project growth in these young guys because you just don't know in today's game. It's yep. still a process, and that goes back to Robert that he killed AAA, but he also didn't have to see pro pitching on a regular basis. He didn't have to see major league sequencing as far, you know things right. that you can't really. I mean, see you remember Vlad Guerrero last year, right? Vlad yeah. Guerrero was raking in AAA. He was batting almost 400, and then he sucked in the majors. And that's kind of another reason. It's like. Um, I mean, he actually, you know, Vlad had the second half of the batting average increase and uh, looking, looked really like a lot better. And initially he's trying to raise his launch angle, but I'm always willing to bet even I'm always willing to bet on a guy who's had a chance to see the pro pitching compared to yeah. a guy who hasn't. But so, then there's but, Pete Alonso's too, who won people their fantasy leagues, right? Yeah. hundred percent agree. But also Pete Alonso was up until like final week of draft season. Cause it was like, out of nowhere. Oh, by the way, he's starting with the club. Like what? Yeah. Same with Aaron judge <laughs> three years ago, whatever it was, there's always these youngsters. And uh, I think Robert's the most likely No, if he busts, I guess it wouldn't surprise me, but his bust, I don't think is terrible. I think what it is for me is strictly draft price. If I like early in the draft season, when I say early, I mean, I'm a degenerate. I was drafting in November, like October, November. I was drafting as soon as like NFC allowed me to. And, yeah. and Robert was going around that one, anywhere from like 95 to 120 range. Like it was kind of a, it would move around there. That, that ADP, that price, I was okay with. I never got any shares, but I understood it. And then since, you know, the signing, it's been like 
as high as in the 50s and like 50 to 75 range it seems to be relatively uh relatively where, it, where it's landed and i just can't get behind that price personally i'm all for, i understand hey like i said this isn't me that's just me disagreeing not that I, but i get it i totally understand it just it's yeah. not for me is what I'm, i think that's more in the expert leagues because this public adp still sitting at 99 there's a lot of people listening who are like Oh yeah, Robert's gonna be there for me in the ninth round. I'm cool with him in the ninth round. See, that, see, maybe that's yeah, another thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm skewed because I've been playing a lot of 15 teamers this year. I've been playing a lot of you know the uh, NFBC style formats, which you know doesn't really uh, people are trying to get their guys more so in those leagues. I feel like mm-hmm. so it's hard for me to take a step back and realize you know what, <laughs> like I haven't been I have yet to play in a real like in a draft that's been closer to ecr or any of that anything like that so maybe i'm again maybe my my outlook's a little skewed but if i can get them at pick 99 i'm totally cool with that like especially in a 12 teamer or 10 teamer i want yeah that's why i'll take my shares because i'm all for shooting for the ceiling because the shallower the league the more likely there is to be great players on the uh waiver wire right so So, yeah i'm with you on that so we harped on robert enough honestly but that was good talk i really appreciated that that was fun Uh, as, as far as injuries go you mentioned injuries are you willing to stash or take a chance on a guy like a Stanton that, again, I know it's another knickknack injury. You know he's coming back in um, April more, more, more than likely unless he has a setback, which, again, with Stanton can happen. But, like, maybe – I don't know if Stanton's a good example. You just happen to mention him. But as far as injuries go in draft season, when would you w- be willing to take a guy you know is going to miss time like a Clevenger, like a Stanton? Like, when is it yeah. a good time? Are, are, you willing to, are you just kind of off them all together? Are you willing to take them if they fall to a certain point? For, for pitchers, the answer is – unless it's like an oblique or something, I'm always off them. If a pitcher is injured going into the season, forget about it. I'm not drafting the dude. Because, I mean, how many times have we seen this narrative where we're waiting for a pitcher to come back, he has a setback, oh, wait, he actually needs Tommy John, right? Uh, with it, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Chris Sale. Um, well, I don't know if he needs Tommy John yet, but they were just saying it was pneumonia. He had a shot in his elbow or shoulder last year. And then he comes back, and uh, he's still not good. So uh, Sale was, was I thought, an obvious one to avoid. Now, Gene Carlos Stanton, this is an interesting case because if he's healthy, in Yankee Stadium. I know. I mean, he had 60 homers in Miami, the worst ballpark for right-handed hitters. New but York's a great ball. ballpark for right-handed hitters. Could he hit 65 homers? Now, he's not healthy, but this is a guy, in my estimation, who should have been going in the top 25. His ADP was around – I don't know, what was it, 45? Now it's dropping to 60, 70. And so even though I don't want to take a risk on a guy who's dealing with an injury, this is a smaller injury. His ADP drops. I already loved him. So, yeah, I'll take him at his current ADP. I'm going to get some shares of Gene Carlos Stanton. Um, Now, in regard to guys who are already dealing with, uh, you know, minor injuries, we're not exactly sure what's going on. Once we get outside pick 180, the 15th round, I love the values that we get because of injuries because so what, if you have to cut them, you're wasting what Uh, an 18th round pick, who cares? There's a 50% chance you're going to drop that guy within the first month anyway. So you take a chance at a guy who could potentially win you your league. Uh, You take a chance with a guy who might not be in the rotation, a Sam Hilliard who might not be in the lineup in cores. And if he is, you get somebody who would have gone in the top 12 rounds. I love Sam Hilliard. I'm, I hate the Rockies, though. <laughs> and, Me too, yes. And, and I, I don't think there's a 50% chance he's in the starting lineup. So I don't so have I, a ton of shares of him. He's just an example. It's so, no, no, I, I got that. But it's just so aggravating. Now I'm going to go off on my Rockies tangent here because I think it's once a podcast I do it. So I got to just keep, keep on brand. It's, um, I've been doing these lineup takeaway articles, just little fun things I've been doing for the, for the website. And people seem to really enjoy them. And the, one, the two things I've noticed from the Rockies, first off, Hilliard – and Hampson, which I'm guessing is not a huge surprise. They keep alternating playing time as far as, like, who it's rare they play together. But two guys that keep getting constant run is Robin Tapia and Josh freaking Fuentes. And I'm telling you right now, Fuentes oh, is Oh, come like, on. Get out of here. Yeah. I'm getting – again, it's spring training, and we still have, like, three weeks to go. So, I get it's early. But if I keep – if I see Josh freaking Fuentes, one – like, he's – like he. If he, he plays one game – we're canceling the Rockies. You want to know what it is? It's like the uh, Pat Vlaka of 2018 or 2019. Right. Oh, Pat Vlaka just kept getting in there over Hampson and stuff, you know? I don't Meanwhile, know Brendan Rodgers is batting yeah. 400 in AAA. Let's, let's not call him up. We'll play Vlaka. Uh, I've got a perfect example of this, the, the injured guy that, um, that I'm okay with taking a risk on. Garrett Richards. Oh, Garrett uh, yeah. Richards, he's pitched like 90 innings in the last four years, right? But in the last six years, 89 starts, 
3.23 ERA, 1.18 whip. Even if he ends up with 60 innings to start the year with ratios similar to those, he can regress. Now, he looked great yesterday. I don't think he's going to regress. When he pitches, he's awesome. But even if he regresses and gives us just 60 innings, he outproduces his ADP. I will buy that guy every single day in the last round instead of a, what, a Reg Porcello, a Joey Lucchese. What are those guys going to do for me? Give me the guy who can outproduce his ADP. And if he gets hurt, I cut him. Hey, 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 you'd be nice to Joey Lucchese. I just talked about oh, last sorry. night. <laughs> no, um, with Lucchese uh, specifically, I'm just more or less watching the, um, how the new pitch comes along. Because obviously, anytime a pitcher gets a new pitch, it's, uh, it could be a springboard for good things to come, or it could just be crap, a crap right. pitch. So he's just somebody I'm very interested in. But Garrett Richards, yeah, as far as a per-game, per-inning basis, I absolutely love him. I'm with you. I, I think the risk is built. Like, it's built he's like Rich Hill all over again, right? Oh. Rich Hill, so except a hundred picks later than Rich Hill, and so and so much they oh, they both just hurt because they you know you're getting a great pitcher when they pitch, but that's the thing yeah. when they pitch. But at least their prices this year, you know, because you have Hill missing a good part of the year at least at the beginning. You have uh, uh, wow, Garrett Richards coming off. I couldn't think of the name. Garrett Richards coming off the injury, and although he's looking sharp in spring a little bit, I mean, I know I saw that GIF that I think it was Alex Fast that put out the the curveball looked nasty the other day, and. He has a good home ballpark, and that division, you know, you get, you get to pitch at Oracle. You get to, you know, other than Rocky Stadium and the Dodgers, so it's a little give and take. Chase is fifty-fifty with the humidor, but the really good offense. So, oh, I, I, I like him. I think, and again, just where you're getting him makes sense. So, you and I, are, we're not going to argue on that one. At least that's good. We're back yeah. to agreeing. Man. <laughs> but I guess this kind of goes right into the final point of today's podcast, and that's just you talk about Robert, obviously, but. Pitchers, hitters, however, whoever. I'm again. I didn't get the list of players you wanted to discuss, but just throw a few names out there. And maybe talk about guys that you really are in and out on, at least at their current prices. All right. On that note, we're gonna go ahead and take a brief break, and we'll be right back with you after a word from our sponsors. And we're back. Yeah. So I already mentioned uh, Luis Robert. Yeah. I want to go up to the first round really quick. Okay. Because there's one guy that I would love to have, and there's another guy that there's no chance I'm taking him in the first round, okay? Let's start with the guy there's no chance I'm taking him. Garrett Cole. And I know this is going to surprise a lot of you guys. I've got him as my number three starting pitcher this year. His ADP is number six overall. Number six overall is really high for any pitcher. I've got Verlander higher than him. He, Verlander was flat out better last year, right, than Garrett Cole. Uh, Jacob deGrom has been extraordinarily consistent. Cole has not been consistent, but here's the knock on Cole for me. Yeah, he finished the season on a blazing pace. But let's think about James Paxton. He moved from a pitcher's park in Seattle to a hitter's park in New York, and he was always incredible in Seattle. He went to New York, and he was still good. Um, but he wasn't great anymore because the ballpark factor is that big of a difference. We're talking about a 28% difference in terms of expected production at home games between Seattle and New York. So a 14% uh, drop overall. And guess what? That's what we got from James Paxton. Now, Garrett Cole also moves from a more severe pitcher's park in Houston to New York. Am I expecting Garrett Cole to not be amazing? No. No, I mean, he's still going to be a Cy Young contender. He's going to win 18, 19 games. He's going to strike out 260 guys. But the ratios are going to dip enough that I don't want him over Justin Verlander or Jacob DeGrom, and I definitely don't want him in the top five. Now, Juan Soto is a fringe first-round pick. I'll take him over Mookie Betts. I'll take him number five overall. I mean, he was as good as Mookie Betts. You compare their stats straight up last year. It's the same player. And we're talking about Juan Soto, who's 21 years old. How much better is he going to get? If he finishes as the number one fantasy player this year, over Yelich, Acuna, Trout, Bellinger, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. But at the very least, I think he's going to produce the same way that Mookie Betts did last year. And I would take him number five overall. I can get behind Soto going that high. You, it's not a shocker to me. I actually, I was initially a lot more aggressive, but then I, you know, speed being what it is, I've kind of. I mean, and don't get me wrong, he sneakily stole ten, like, ten, I think it was ten or twelve. He had double digit stolen bases. Soto did last year, and that was like people for, almost don't even realize that. And of course, that team might actually have to. I don't know if they're gonna have to manufacture runs a little more this year, losing Rendon and whatnot. But I don't know. It could be. It could lead to them being a little more aggressive on the base pass. Sure. I'm, he had I'm, five extra homers, four fewer stolen bases than Mookie. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I'm just, I don't know what to expect from Mookie Betts, especially in a new park and all that. So I, I, I'm not, again, I'm not against it. I've just found myself like really high on story this year. 
moderately high on Lindor. So Soto kind of fits sure. into, to the back end, but he's closer to my 10 than my five. But again, you're talking, you're talking semantics and I'm not, see, I don't know. I, you meet guys that are like, Oh, that's outrageous. I'm like, I totally get it. Like, cause in the first round they're truly, for me, there's like a true top 12. It's just pick, pick your preference. Like, yeah, we can argue one. We can, we can argue one through three right now. Like I'm not going to do it because everyone's done it and it, it gets old, but it's truly a preference. You pick who you want in that first exactly. round. I do think the top 10 picks are pretty much all similar value. Uh, the top three obviously being the exception. Right, right. Agree with that. Uh, let's move on to another player that I'm avoiding big time. I already mentioned him earlier. It's Fernando Tatis. Mm-hmm. He had that 410 Babbitt. He had an extraordinarily high home run to fly ball ratio. Um, and yeah, he finished the season with a lot of homers, a lot of steals. The homers dropped because the fly ball ratio, home run to fly ball ratio is not sustainable. He's already banged up as well. The batting average is going to plummet. 410 is nowhere close to sustainable. I'm talking 250 hitter. I think Fernando Tatis hits 250 this year with 15 homers, 30 steals. That's a good player. That's a, what, fifth round player? I'm drafting. I would draft him in the fourth or fifth round if he dropped. He's going in the second round, guys. There's so much risk with this guy. I do have a question, and that stat line kind of piqued my interest as far as you're willing – like, that reminds me a lot of what Mondesi offers. Mondesi has the elite speed, so I guess there's a little room for more. I think but, he's got an extra 25 steals in him, though, is the thing do with you? Okay. I was, yeah, I was going yeah. to I was, I was ask because you mentioned, you know, Mondesi you're willing to take in the third round. And I just, I just wonder as far as Mondesi – obviously, he sound, it sounds like he's pacing out to be ready for opening day, which wasn't – 100% a certainty and it still isn't technically there could be setbacks but last I read he was you know should be ready by opening day Mondesi but you have yeah. no you have no Mondesi had 43 steals in 102 games yeah. last year with a 291 on base percentage first of all I think Mondesi is going to have a higher batting average than Tatis and everyone's going to yell at me I'm on Twitter at Bobby Fantasy Pro yeah, if you want to yell at me that's crazy get, right you're about to get he it. batted 276 263 he's got more speed than Tatis and Tatis' expected batting average on baseball so was lower than Mondesi's. Mm-hmm. Um, Mondesi's problem is on base percentage. If he brings that up from 291 to 320 and he gets on base an extra, what, 40, 50 times, how many extra bases does he steal? First of all, he already stole 43 in 102 games. It's like a 55, 60 stolen base pace. Could he steal 70? I think you, he could steal 70. You don't have any um, concerns about Matheny as the manager there? I have the opposite of concerns about Matheny as a manager. I think Matheny's a fantastic manager. I was, and I'm a, the, stolen, the stolen base guys is what I'm saying. Like, you know how they, that's been kind of overblown maybe, but the whole, he, how he doesn't allow those players to run has been kind of the narrative with him. I so. think when you have somebody like Mondesi, mm-hmm. that goes out the window because Mondesi is the elite stolen base guy of, of today. Oh, I totally understand. I just, yeah. I, I'm Mondesi's a guy that I will be wrong on every year because I'm a huge plate discipline guy. It's <laughs> sure. Just, it's like, it's just part of my process. I'm huge on plate discipline and his is atrocious and it it's was the why, worst. And it, his, and this was exactly why I was wrong about Javier Baez coming into what, 2018 when he had his big year. Oh, I was too big time. And yeah. It's just because I, I, for every one of those guys, you'll be right about the nine others, but they're the one out of 10 that you get that, that defy the, the stats, that defy the expected stats that outproduce them. And having an elite tool like a speed tool for Ramonesi in his case, that's the type of guy that will outproduce his peripherals. But man, is it frustrating because I can't ever let myself buy into it. But also with Ramonesi, last thing I want to mention is just how speedsters in general, but Ramonesi has shown to be a little injury prone in a sense. Obviously, again, the per game steals kind of makes up for him missing some time. Yeah, but it's just you know with speedsters in general, you get the soft tissues, you get the hamstrings, you get the calves, you get the groins. You know, it's it's a very common thing. You get the these days, you get the hands with them sliding head first and hurting themselves. So there's always that secondary concern as well. I never project for injury, but you have to at least acknowledge that the potential is a little higher, type of thing. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that. So here here's my next guy, ADP seventy six, for what I think is one of the top five pitchers in baseball. Now that's not top five fantasy pitchers in baseball, top five actual pitchers in baseball. The reason I don't say fantasy is because we don't know how many innings he's going to get. But you look at what Tyler Glass now was doing before he was hurt last year. He was the single best pitcher in baseball when he got hurt. 61 innings, 76 Ks, a 1.78 ERA, 0.89 whip. And he added another pitch that they say is filthy. I think Tyler Glass now has a legitimate chance if he pitches 180 innings at winning the American League Cy Young, I think he is 
fantastic. I mean, you look at what he did in the minor leagues. He was the best minor league pitcher in the last decade. He was striking out everybody. He's 6'8", and he's got this downward plane to his fastball that's so hard to hit. He's got a, a, a blazing fastball. He's got dominating off-speed stuff as well. He pitches in Tampa. He's got the great defense. He's got the great ballpark. I will take a chance on Tyler Glass now in the, in the fifth or sixth round. I think you can get him in the seventh in a lot of cases all day. Tyler Glass now is, is my favorite starting pitcher too this year. I like Glass now a lot. I tend to get two of my – the way I've been just drafting this year, I've been getting two of my top 15 guys. He's just outside of that for me. So it's, sure. been, leaving, it's been leaving me just the way drafts have fallen. It's been leaving me skipping him. But he's still a top 20 pitcher, I believe, or top 22, I think. I just updated my rankings last night. They're about, they should be out on fan tracks by the end of the day. But <laughs> – so hopefully maybe because this podcast will be out tomorrow. I'm just now I'm rambling because I'm good at it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so who are some uh, who are some guys you'd take over and probably Syndergaard, Castillo, Paddock. Cast- Castillo and Paddock, but Paddock is fringe because again I'm ba- I, I have them both in the same tier. I'm big on tier based rankings, and Paddock and Glass are in the same tier because they both had that elite upside and they both added a pitch. And apparently Paddock's yeah. curve Paddock's curveball has been looking really good. From my, from my understanding and then you have Glasnow splitter you were mentioning you already referenced and with Glasnow it's just how many innings is I think what keeps him a little lower in my rankings is how many innings is he gonna get this year because yeah. he only pitched what 60 last year but man those were 60 really good innings there's a lot of deception in his um in his want in his delivery and there's just a lot of really good high potential in his arm I'm with you 100% on Glasnow it's just a matter of how he hasn't landed on my teams but again, that's because I've been drafting deeper formats in a shallower format. He might fall a little bit for me. I have to really I have to start drafting some twelves. I got some home leagues coming up, some auctions. Maybe that'll be where I land them. So who's this the next? A pretty guy? durable guy. A uh, hundred, hundred plus innings in four consecutive minor league years. But yeah, uh, let me move on to the next guy here. And in fact, I'm going to go a little bit deeper uh, to get some guys that I really love. Uh, Kyle Tucker is another one, very similar vein to Luis Robert, except when's he going to play? Once he yeah. plays. I think he might be a better ver. This this is going to really turn some people's heads. I think he might be a better version of Luis Robert, but he has to play. He's not going to play right from the get go. I think he does get 400 at bats, so he'll probably end up around 25-20. Now, if he played a full season, I would immediately say I expect 30-30 with a 280 batting average. That's the type of player Kyle Tucker has been. Uh, even in the major leagues, he's been a quality hitter. He's been lots of homers, lots of steals. It just depends on where when he. Um, you know, when he finally gets in the starting lineup, ADP 164 for a potential league winner, sign me up. I just don't tr- Dusty Baker scares me too. We all oh, Dusty. me too, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm with you. He's like, he's like the Rockies of managers. Like, <laughs> he yes. doesn't like his young guys at all. And uh, two, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I was going to say, and I wasn't sure. Again, I have no idea of who you'd have on your list. So I'm going to kind of let you keep transitioning yourself. I hate to almost let you play, like make you play host on a podcast. Show oh, it's host, fine. Come on. It's just, all good. All good. I just, I just don't, I just, again, I don't know how many guys you have. So if you have a few more, feel free to keep going. Yeah. Let, let's do about uh, four. We'll highlight four guys. I'll mention maybe four others that I'm fond of okay. uh, Lance McCullers and Julio Urias. Um, these are perfect. Number four, number five, starting pitchers, the classic guys that, you know, we haven't seen as much of them lately. Um, we don't know what exactly they're going to be, but when they're on the mound, they're dominant. How many innings are they going to get? If Urias gets 140, he is a steal. He's going to get 140. If McCullers can stay healthy, remember the last time he was healthy? We were looking at him at the All-Star break as, hey, this guy's a chance at the Cy Young. That's who Lance McCullers is. Pick 184, guys. He's healthy now. Um, so those are two starting pitchers that I'm really fond of. How do you feel about them? I really like both of them. I will get some shares. Again, those are just guys that people always seem to be. There's always somebody in the room higher than me. Maybe it's you. I just don't know. Maybe like you're playing on a burner account because I'm always in a room where it's like, okay, top of queue. And from they <laughs> it's go from the, the listeners on my oh, podcast, man, that's, that's what it is. It must be. It must be. But in, um, they offer such solid per game production. Just again, it goes back with them. It goes back to innings limits. And, you know, you just kind of know when you're taking them. That's the only yeah. thing I remind people. When you are taking them, you got to know that there's likely like 150, maybe 160 inning cap on them. You have McCullers, who's never pitched, I think, what, over 130 in his career. So, and he's come off right. Tommy John. So, but as far as a, like, but he's like days, James Paxton, yes. except 100 picks later. And, well, now with the injury, Paxton almost falls to that range, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. 
but yeah, but remember, just what 2018 they were they've been they were back to back pretty much in drafts like in the in the teens yeah. at pitcher. So you know his upside's there. Just remember when you take him, you gotta back him up with an innings eater later or before or if you take like a Grinky early, you take a McCullers with them because you know you're gonna get the upside and it's a good pairing. So you want to take that type of guy, McCullers and Urias, with a innings eater somewhere. That's the only thing I have to add. Otherwise, I couldn't agree more about those two. Who else you got? Yeah, I've got two more guys to highlight here really quick, and then I'll, I'll just list a few to end the show. Okay. Um, number one, everybody who listens to my show knows I'm going to bring up this guy. He's my number one sleeper. I've got him in every draft I've done so far, including like the 100 mock drafts I've done at Draft Wizard. Avisel Garcia, outfielder for the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, first of all, I want to get your opinion on what you think about Garcia before I go into my spiel. I really like him this year you have Braun already dealing with an injury I mean he should be coming along and making his debut next week but you're looking at a guy who should play mostly regularly I think I think he'll get at least to start four games a week I think he'll make his way into that lineup that bat is too good to leave out and you're talking about a guy who can give you literally like on a floor I think the floor for him is like 2010 and like a 275 batting average I think that's yeah. the floor. That's what he did last year, and he missed forty games. That's the floor. That's my point. Is like, and I'm, yeah. I'm baking. I'm baking in not everyday regular, uh, not regular playing time, which should correct itself via injury or via just him balling out. So yeah. So Avisel Garcia, we remember back in 2017 when he was an All Star, he batted 330. Last year, he had those 20 homers, 10 stolen bases, missed 40 games, and he did it in Tampa Bay. Now he moves to Miller Park, one of the best, one of the best parks for hitters. Uh, he's going to be in a great lineup where he's going to get a lot of runs and a lot of RBIs. But hear this, okay? Avisel Garcia, when you look at batted ball data, there were 18 guys with multiple balls hit over 115 miles per hour last year. All of them are going in the top 100 picks. And then there's Garcia going at pick 264 and moving to a hitter's park. This is a guy who – I'm not saying he's going to. He legitimately could bat 310 with 35 homers moving to Miller Park. And he's going in the 22nd round. Yeah, you don't have to talk me into him, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I love that value. Yeah, he's just, yeah. he's, he's almost like, I don't know what happened. I don't know why people, you would think by now he would stop being overlooked because as soon as somebody goes to Miller Park, case in, case in point, a guy I'm in on because he looks like he's going to be leading off and playing third base is Eric Sogard. He's batting at, he's playing at Miller Park. And, he, and we saw him kind of improve a little bit of a swing change last year, which put yeah. the ball in the air more. He's a guy, he's another one that's like a poor man's Avisil Garcia as far as the stat line goes. But he has a little pop, a little speed, and he's leading off, um, he's leading off for the Brewers. Kind of the same idea. It's like these guys are, the Brewers have some good values on their team that are going really late. They had an amazing offseason. I hate to say that because I'm a Cardinals fan. They had a Justin <laughs> Smoke, too, who batted ball data was incredible last year. I just don't understand why the. I guess people are so afraid of all this playing time because you know they almost went full raise on us and just added depth, and that can be a concern. I guess the playing time, but I'm willing to, at this at the price of Garcia. There's no reason not to ha get yourself a few shares. I have a few shares already, so obviously, yeah. again, you and I have been other than the Robert thing. I think you and I have, and Modesty. So there's only been two discrepancies in our opinions, which can make for a boring podcast. But it's okay. It means either a we're we're both gonna be right together or, or be really wrong. So we can recap this. At the, <laughs> we can recap this come mid season or at the end and be like, you know what, we were totally wrong. But you know what, the goal is to learn why. But at the end of the day, there's little risk and a lot of reward with Garcia. I'm right. totally with you. So right, wanted, here's my other guy. Yeah. He was one of the best relief pitchers in baseball last year. I'd say uh, it was Yates, Hader, and Nick Anderson were the three best relief pitchers in baseball last year. And now Nick Anderson is the likely closer for Tampa Bay. But at pick 182, I mean, do you remember Dellen Batances a few years ago? His ADP was consistently 120, 130, 140. Because every year, I mean, for five straight years, he averaged 115 Ks with strong ratios. That's who Nick Anderson is. Last year, he had 110 Ks. He had great ratios. His ADP is 182. And guess what? He's probably going to get 30 saves. And if he doesn't, he still exceeds his ADP. Nick Anderson, I have got to get him in every draft. I'm a Marlins fan, so it burns me to see Zach Gallon, a top 30 pitcher, basically across the board, top 35. I'm seeing. Oh, Nick but Anderson. you guys got Jazz. He's going to be awesome. I do, I do think so too. I, I'm okay. I was okay. I'm okay with the trade. Again, after I, I goes back to Chris Blessing. I, I went to first pitch Florida. I live in Florida. I got to talk to a lot of prospectors there because that's not my strength at all. And it was yeah. really cool. It was really cool to pick their brains, you know. And they they said I, they said I should be excited. They said I should, really should be excited for that trade, even though right now it looks bad on the surface because of how well Gallon's produced. 
at the end of the day, uh, Jazz should pan out. Obviously, he reminds uh, me a lot of Lindor minus batting average. Very similar type of player. Just so exciting. Exactly, and I'm I I can't I, I'm like I said, and right now with when our win our window's gonna be like in three years. Like we, we went full Padres on this thing, you know, and I'm okay with that as a Marlins fan yeah. because real, realistically we we have nothing. Like it wasn't like we weren't even good. like we were like the Royals. We we still I mean I like what we did. I like our offseason moves. I I think goes Brian Anderson's one of, my, one of my favorite values all of a sudden now, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> and I forgot where I forgot where we even where, uh, where was this. Who was your guy again? I'm not gonna lie, completely. Uh, Nick Anderson. Nick it Anderson. happens, man. <laughs> I went down the rabbit hole of Marlins, but Nick Anderson. I am see. Okay, we 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 mildly disagree. I think I love the ratios. I love the Ks. That has value in itself. I just you know how like the Rockies are gonna Rocky, the Mets are gonna Mets. Well, the Rays are gonna Ray. I think they're gonna just play that dumb game of closer is it Diego Castillo is it Jose Alvarado I, yes. I'll draft all three of them I'm not kidding around you I honestly you might have to <laughs> but here's the thing between those three you're getting 30 to 40 saves you're getting a ton of K's and good ratios obviously it's not totally realistic to do in certain formats but there actually might be a strategy to be had there especially with saves yeah. being so with saves being so spread out it's not the worst thing to grab two of those guys and let the third one go and hope the third one doesn't get like a run of 10 saves. But yeah, yeah I, well, let's, let's think about it this way. Those three guys, you're getting 280 strikeouts. Yep. You're getting an ERA around 3.0. You're getting a whip around 1.05, right? You're getting, you're getting an ace. You're getting 40 saves. You are getting Garrett Cole minus 15 wins plus 40 saves. Would you trade a 16th round pick a 23rd round pick and a 24th round pick for a first round pick. Oh, of course I would, but that goes back yeah. into, but th- th- this is where it comes, this is where it comes into like the, it, like this is obviously it's all good to say it like that, but then you have to remember these th- take using three roster spots on for one uh, category essentially, or actually it turns into four categories, but using three roster spots, like those two roster spots that you're using to kind of, make sure you get the saves for one team can be really valuable because now you're not using them to turn and burn the waiver wire. That's so true, but it, it's not just saves. the saves for me. It's, I mean, all three yeah. of those guys, incredible ratios, yes. tons of Ks. 100%. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm doing a lot of that. Now, I'm just going to name a couple other guys. I mm-hmm. mentioned Justin Smoke. I love Justin Smoke this year. Uh, Josh James. Oh, man, I should have brought him up as one of my favorites. If he wins a rotation job in Houston, he might be the best, he might be the best starting pitcher in Houston this year. Uh, Brendan McKay's ADP has plummeted since his injury. He's going to be back for opening day. And the dude was the best minor league pitcher in baseball last year. And then guess what? I am back on the Chris Archer train at ADP number 290. He was great at the end of the year. If he can stay healthy, we know we're getting 240 Ks. Are the ratios going to be there now that they have a new pitching coach letting Archer go back to being himself? I'm paying to find out. I mean, what are you, what are you paying? Is that, that's, that's nothing. No, exactly. I'm not paying anything. Oh, exactly. oh, I got one other name too. I'm sorry. Go I no, have go to ahead. do this. Eliezer Hernandez, starting pitcher for the Miami Marlins. Yep. If you're in a him. deep league or if you're doing a, uh, a waiver wire speed dial type of thing, he's going to make the rotation. He was incredible in the minors last year. And his underlying metrics show that he was the single most unlucky starting pitcher in baseball last year. He's going to be a good one. You don't have to talk me into a Marlins player. Come on now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. I, see, when you said that, you're like the first person who's ever agreed with me. Everyone's like, oh, come on. Who's this guy, Bobby? Exactly. Who's this guy? But who cares? I'll take who that guy is. Like, okay. He's he awesome. Yeah. But going, there's a couple names I just want to talk about, I guess, highlight with you. Josh James yeah. with you 100%. I just put him in my top, I think my top 65 or top 70 pitchers last night. So yeah, I'm being, baby. I'm a little aggressive on him, but it's because I think, if you, like you say, he gets that starting spot. We know the K potential. We know what that team does with pitchers. 100% agree. Archer, people don't realize, like, I didn't realize. I actually had a buddy of mine. I think it was uh, my co-host, uh, Mike, uh, SP Streamer, that he's better known as for what he – on Twitter. He was the one who pointed out to me that the whole second half thing, and I was like, wow, I didn't realize that you go and look. And apparently with the second half, you know, it wasn't like, oh, my God, great. But there was tangible change. There was a – he went back to the pitch mix that succeeded in Tampa. Exactly. And, and yep. with it and with it came the production. And now, like you mentioned – it was Keller. I think I was talking to Nick Pollock at first pitch, and it was Keller who was mentioning. He mentioned Keller. It's like a long way to say, apparently, that the new coaching staff is into the analytics, allowing the guys to kind of play to their strengths. And I think Archer will play to his strengths and be a solid SP. He has SP3 upside still, but you're getting him at SP6 or SP5 cost, which – Exactly. And I yep, think and if he doesn't work out, so what? You cut him. Cut him. Yeah. It's always like – at the end of the day, man, you take dart throws at the end like that. And But here's the thing. Don't be afraid to move on. Like I've, That was the hardest thing 
as a fantasy player still is at times where it's like even my late round picks I find value in them because I picked them and there's times where you, you just got to cut the cord and hope that you weren't wrong right you're, you're gonna be wrong sometimes though don't get me wrong you will be wrong on occasion but you got to go with your gut you the, June oh, sorry June I keep calling April June April <laughs> April April is the like one of the most important months in fantasy baseball because you can find the next Pilonzo's P- P- by example, Pilonzo's came to mind. Like the next guy that just pops off the waiver wire. Austin he, Meadows, yeah. Yeah, Danny Santana was like a guy you could pick up in May. Like those guys come up too, but this, you have to be willing to take a shot on guys before you have a, a true sample size because there might have been a change you didn't see happening in spring, cha- spring training. Exactly. That, so it's like these guys, you just got, you can't be afraid of being a struggling starter. Take a shot on the hot hand and hope it sticks before we get more data on them. Because once there's more data on them, the industry will find out, and there's no more secrets in this game. You gotta, you gotta, re- you have to be reactionary first and hope that it was right second. One hundred percent agree. <laughs> so on that note, Bobby, I think that's everything. We talked about a ton of players. I truly appreciate your time. I know you gotta run out of here and do an emergency hosting job. So again, plug where you're working, uh, what, what work you have going on, where they can find you, all that good stuff. First, I want to say it was my pleasure coming on. You did an awesome job. It was a lot of fun talking to you. I'd love to have you on my podcast sometime. It's the Fantasy Bros Baseball Podcast. I'm also uh, hosting the Fantasy Bros Football Podcast. Now, I took some time off during March from the football podcast just because there's so many baseball podcasts. We do three a week, and I'm writing like 40 articles this, this month. I'm not even exaggerating. I wish I was. Actually, I don't wish I was because it's so much fun. Um, but, yeah, I'm over on the Fantasy Bros Football Podcast with Mike Teglier as well. I'm going to be writing uh, four weekly articles every single week during the fantasy baseball season at fantasypros.com. And I'm on Twitter at Bobby Fantasy Pro. Bobby, first off, I, I have no problem even admitting I would love to be on your show. It would be awesome. <laughs> I know it, you would. <laughs> it, it, would be an absolute, it would be an absolute honor because, again, as a longtime listener, it would be awesome. But anyways, we can talk about that behind the scenes. For, for, uh, for everybody else, we appreciate listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. The Bases Loaded podcast can be found on the Bases Loaded Network at Bases Loaded FBN. We truly appreciate you guys listening, and we will talk to you soon. 